to Film to the Woman of My Life. My name is Brennan, and joining me tonight is Jess. Buenas noches. Buenas noches, or, or Diaz, or Meniana. Yeah, whatever Many time years. you're listening to this. And we're doing, we're doing a noches recording. And Mama K. <laughs> uh, hi. Wow. <laughs> that's, an, uh, that's an all-day, everyday greeting. I came in with like, my tap shoes, and she just kind of like walked into the stage. I know. Just, just was ready to go. Fire out of a cannon. <laughs> and tonight we are doing I Am Thinking of Ending Things, the new Netflix film by writer-director Charlie Kaufman, who we've done one of his writing uh, pieces before, uh, one of our early, early episodes, uh, which you were both on, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. He, oh my he, god, that makes so much sense. Does that make sense, Jess? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is I, I was, it possible I did, I, to devolve? I think it is. We did, We have not discussed this at all, and I have a very inkling suspicion that this will not be too different than that review, but we will see. Uh, this is, So, Charlie Coppin wrote and directed this. He's also, he wrote a... Being John Malkovich, an adaptation, uh, and he also directed, uh, I don't know how you pronounce it, it's not Schenectady, it's spelled differently, it's like Synecdoche, New York, I think is how you pronounce it, and a movie called Anomalisa, which I really like that movie, but uh, this is his first Netflix film, uh, other than me telling you guys I want to do more new 2020 films and making you watch this, did you guys know anything else going in? I think Netflix suggested it to me, so when you told me, or we put some list for things to watch, I did recognize the name, but... That's only why. That's pretty good for for your recognition levels. I'm okay. <laughs> no, when you when you said the name, I'm thinking, did we already do a movie with that name, but just a very long name that doesn't stick? We've done those before, but not this one. Yeah. Well, you guys both couldn't remember it right before we got on. I'm like, oh boy, that's, that's true that's story. Some foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't uh, think it was. I, I thought I was going to dump you or something. <laughs> I, I, I want to dump you. Or, yeah, that was your title for this. I just want to die. I think, little, I think it's a little more complicated than both of those things. But uh, despite second thoughts about their relationship, a young woman played by Jesse Buckley takes a road trip with her new boyfriend, Jesse Plemons, to his family farm. Trapped at that farm during a snowstorm with Jake's mother, played by Tony Collette, and father, David Thwell- Thwellis. Uh, the young woman begins to question the nature of everything she knew or understood about her boyfriend, herself, and the world. So, mm. if that interests you, if you liked Eternal Sunshine, I think that's probably his most accessible work. Like, most uh, easy for the, the layman to digest and, and enjoy. Uh, that is also on Netflix, and as is this, a lot, of, a lot of his works are up there right now. So, you could dive into the Charlie Kaufman thing, if that's your, if that's your thing. And uh, we are going to spoil it here now. Lots to talk about, I hope. Uh, so if you have any interest on Netflix, we rate things here at Films with the Women in My Life based on four criteria, and those are the plot, the characters, the visual and sound, and the overall resonance and feel of the movie. And the movie is about this woman and their, her boyfriend. Uh, the boy is always Jake, it's Jesse Plemons, and the girl has, has a couple of names here and there, uh, but she is credited as young woman. And uh, that is Jesse Buckley's character. They are mostly driving in a car during a snowstorm, and then they get to a farm, and they have conversations with the parents, and uh, then they drive back in the snowstorm. There's an ice cream shop, there's a school, and a lot of uh, narrative and people changing who they are, and uh, time jumpiness, and uh, all kinds of all kinds of weirdness going on. But it's a, it starts as like a kind of a relationship drama in a car, and then it spirals as only a charlie coffin piece can uh jess i'm gonna start with you what do you think of the plot of this 
so this is definitely your movie. This is your Neat. kind of movie. It's a whole bunch of uncomfortable with some magic and nonsense kind of. That's what you think of me. In there. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what exactly what I think of you. Um, He's an so, uncomfortable, so I'm not lie. I, nonsensical magician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's trying to it. get the quotes in early. I see. All right. <laughs> You're gonna have a lot of quotes for this one, I think, to choose from. Um, and I so I did enjoy the first hour, which was. I was proud of myself for liking it. Um, I can't wait to help on the bat. <laughs> yeah. The next hour and a half, that's when... There was some parts, although it was a mess. Some parts I did randomly enjoy. Like, I always liked dancing. The dancing scene at the very end, I liked watching that. There were some one-liners that did make me laugh. Um, I mean, overall, I think you already knew this is not a Jess movie. <laughs> but given it's not a Jess movie, I think it is... More on the higher side for not just movies, so that wow. that's good. Um, <laughs> that's, that is the, I'll stop that, there, and I guess I'll go more in the weeds when we talk about the individual characteristics of the movie. Uh, what do you think, Mama Kay? I was like, did you just give it a number? Did I miss that? Oh, oh I don't sorry. remember. Um, two five. Okay, all right, Mama Kay. I mean, I, I don't think I could put it any better than Jess did actually. I feel like we might have had this, uh, pretty much the same experience with this movie. Um, I <laughs> do have to admit that I did start watching it uh, last night and so I watched up until I think what we would, you and I would call the good part ended and then when I picked it so up again today Can you guys day, clarify for you guys, when when does the good part end for you? When, <laughs> when, do you, when does it jump the shark for you? The good part ends when the parents start changing to different ages or different people, and it started being unrealistic. Up until the realistic part, that was okay and fine. It was just weird parents. When the weird parents morphed or changed or went into a different universe, whatever the reason is that she that all that happened is the bad part. I think that's okay, actually that's about the same point. Up. Yeah, I mean, okay. <laughs> I I turned it off. I turned it off for a different reason. I turned it off because it was getting late, and all of a sudden it got creepy, and then there was a basement, and I was like, I can't do that before yeah, I go to bed. I can so, imagine you be, being worried about horror stuff. I happening was in really this. worried about the basement situation. So um, that, I, but that kind of coincides, I think, with the same uh, time frame where it gets it gets wonk it gets superiorly wonky. I mean, there are things that I noticed that had started happening. Um, with the with the the characters and and people changing and you know all of a sudden you have a and you know a character that's got a band-aid on one side of his head and now it's on the other side of his head and a girl mm -hmm. was wearing a sweater and now she's no longer wearing a sweater and her hair changes and um, and that kind of stuff I, I was all I'm, I'm okay with that and then I think like Jess said it got to the point where it was like what is happening with what you know how far are we going with this how 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 much time are we um, are we doing here? So, and I and I have a really difficult time giving the plot a rating because I'm not really sure there is a plot to this movie. So you're like rating something that doesn't exist, <laughs> right? That's, I mean, that is a fair. I mean, I, you're not wrong. It the the 
it's a th- it's more of a theme feel idea movie than a, a tangible plot. Okay, so if I want to, I'm going to have to do that yeah. then because if I have to give it a plot rating, I'm giving it a one because there's no plot. Um, <laughs> but if I if you want to change that plot to a theme, then I then for me it's 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 like a three and a half or a four. I'm going to stick with three and a half. I think four would just be too generous. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, you have to yeah, kind of. Because yeah. It's not like beginning climax resolution kind of thing. So the plot's kind of hard in that regard. Yeah, it's it's not a linear. I mean, it's it's kind of linear, but it's it's not a it's not a traditional narrative. There isn't uh, character regular character arcs, and there aren't like through lines to follow. It's much more about what what are all these little snippets and things. What are they? What's the larger themes and ideas he's speaking to? Which is uh, as just pointed out, a, a, a my kind of movie. I, I like uh, yeah. I like to I like to I like to work a little bit at uh, at some of my my higher films. I just finished watching this um, for the second time because I watched it yesterday and I was like, I, I need to. I, I know I'm going to be the highest on this. There's zero chance I'm not. So I need to see this again to at least have some chance of explaining why I like it so much. Because I really do. Um, it's in my top five contention. Not that it's a stiff year of competition. Um, <laughs> the the first time watching the, the the car ride, it's it's a pretty regular... But like it's, you can see the eternal sunshininess where like there's a couple of things that don't line up. And like some of the narration of our... She's kind of our lead, a uh, young woman. Uh, it, it changes back and forth a little bit. Then when we get to the house, it becomes like a David Lynch movie. So I'm loving that because it's got the weird, awkward characters, bits of like surrealist horror and and the the scene transitions are awkward and, and off putting. But to a way I like a lot of times she'll, you know, she'll enter a room and the, the, the like she'll enter the room and the dinner table will be set up and then she'll turn around and everyone will be gone. And then everyone will be wearing different clothes. And um, I can mention the, the, the bandaid over the eye changes. And then, yeah, the ages change and uh, the, the dialogue doesn't always make sense. I like little things in the house too. Like the dog, we only see the dog shaking off and that shaking off, version in different places in the house <laughs> right and then you know it's all on a farm abandoned not abandoned but like remote farm a bunch of dead animals and dead animal stories around there so just creepy scary place okay she's saying she had to turn it off because she thought the basement was going to do something scratches on the door mostly from the dog uh then but the they, scratches were so high. I was I messing know. up <laughs> the lie. Also, the scratches went sideways. They didn't go like dog ways. And there was like scotch tape on the other side of the right. door. So, yeah. I didn't... <laughs> so I'm just like, uh, teach a dog a trick or what is that? <laughs> well, so, uh, she she starts she started to make make or she starts making a joke and then he jokes back and then she doesn't think it's funny. And then, yeah, he says, uh, scratches are from the dog, mostly the dog. Like, he says it's something like that, where it's yeah. like, eh, it's mostly the dog, but like, eh, mostly. Then, and then, yeah, we turn around, and the car ride back is even more disembodied or dis, like, or like, um, more character shifty than the first car ride. And then we have the ice cream stop and the high school stop. So, I, I we'll, we'll kind of save that for the residents and feel. Those are some big stuff there, but. I'm. I understand the plot is not a narrative through line, um, but if I'm incorporating themes and stuff a little bit in here, which I'll probably save more for Resonance Feel, I'm probably at like a four, um, because it is very. I think would have given it at least a four or five. It's very surprised if you gave it a five. The well, it's the plot is. is, You guys are right. The plot is not the strongest suit. I'm not gonna say the plot is what makes this 
really the the part of what I like in this the the character representations and the themes and the things that it's trying to say I think are much more interesting. So it's the characters if we can call some of them characters. Jake is Jesse Plemons, we already said. Jesse Buckley is young woman, and then the mother and father, Tony Clinton, David Thwillis. And then there's Guy Boyd plays Janitor, who we see Janitor around sometimes. Yeah. Interesting guy. And some smaller characters, uh, like the town girls. There's a diner manager and customer in a, in a Robert Zemeckis parody sequence. Um, <laughs> dancers, as, as Jess pointed out. Lots of small characters. It's, it's mostly a two-hander with the parents as well. Uh, back to you, Mama Kay. What do you think of these characters? Again, it's almost impossible this is this is a movie about feeling and themes this is this is not about people and it's not about it's not a story so if that's what you're looking for this is not your film um the (laughs) the story within the story the small robert zemeckis film is actually a story that has characters and that's and but otherwise not so much um I'm interested, I'm very interested in the different characters the girl is. I'm very interested in the people that are in this movie. Um, I don't know that they give me a reason to like them or root for them or root against them or anything. There's no, this, this movie made me feel like I was seeing, I just recently went to the movies for the first time, the theater, and I had to wear a mask. This movie made me feel like I was wearing a mask, but I was sitting at home without a mask um, because it was just so stifling and um, it, it's not just... Visual and sound has a lot to do with that too, I think. Weird. The aspect, the, the settings. Yeah. And, and I have to think that, you know, you know me, I Jesse Plemons is Landry from Friday Night Lights and I like him and I don't think I've ever seen anything that I dislike him in. And oh, He's great all the time. Except for now. yeah well no but i think he's he's i think the casting of this is is perfect i don't know i can't think of they have you know these these people are strange uh each character is many strange characters and i was way more interested in it than i thought i was going to be until i realized i didn't know what the hell was going on so um it's it's um, this is like one of those things where like giving numbers to just doesn't make any sense because you want to be like I want to give you a blue eleven D. <laughs> blue eleven D. You've you've made some not real numbers, but that is certainly not a real number. Well, is does anything that's happening in this movie real? So I mean, I feel it's appropriate, <laughs> right? All right? How about uh, so if you can't do the character, how about the performances of the characters? That's performances of the tangible. characters are spot on. I mean, this is really it, it, as far as the all of the ingredients that you have here. I it's it's amazing, but I don't know what am I supposed to eat this or is it something that sits out and you know. I don't know, has maggots on it. I don't know. I don't know what this is. Um, if you've seen the movie, it's a maggot reference from the movie. A lot of references in this movie. Yeah, so I, I think the works. I think the performances are are great. I like them. I'm giving. I would give the performances a four or five. I like all of these. I like all of these actors. Um, and when you when you have Tony Collette, who's I think is amazing, uh, have such a small role this is a really small role for her i think 
but it's very she has to play so many Wait, which one is she facets of this character uh. oh sorry the mom yeah she has to play so many different facets of this character and i think she she nails all of them and i feel the same way about i mean i think jesse plemons character is a little bit of like the most straightforward kind of straight man character in this movie so um i've never yes. seen anything that the woman that the lead female character the other other jesse has been in so i don't really know her jesse buckley yeah but yeah. she i mean i think she's a force to be reckoned with she whatever this movie was supposed to be she made it that so uh if, yeah. we're, if we're going on that i'm gonna give the characters a four and a half okay uh, J- uh jess yeah i mean i agree that characters in this movie are hard to rate Usually you like you like learning about a character, you understand their motivation, you think of what they would do in this situation, you see how they react to certain situations. This one, if you're kind of like, how did you like the mom? And you're like, which one? Because there was four of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> they were all the same mom. So it, it is hard to um, rate that way, but I, I like your idea of just rating the performance. I think I'll rate the main character, the girl, on her own because she is the one who is at most like quote-unquote true to herself. I mean, I guess you could argue she morphed to whatever dream-like thing, or I don't even know what what's the right way to describe these, like, different dream versions, universe versions, or whatever you want to call the different versions of people and their personalities. Yeah. She was the one who was, I, th- I think, was the same most of the time. Uh, I don't know, but I, I liked her as a character a lot, so I would give her a four or five, just her. And for the performance of the characters, I think I agree. They were also spot on. Um, honestly, I'd probably give that a four or five as well. I really liked the timid girl at the ice cream shop. Yes. I liked her arch nemesis, <laughs> yeah. like the two pretty girls. Yes. Um, the people dancing were like the attractive versions of the main characters, and I liked them too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the dream, so, the, dream and- <laughs> the one happy scene where they're dancing in, in, in a, in a yeah. like, dream. <laughs> and even though there was four different sets of parents, like I, I did like all of them. They were all crazy and manic. And the first set who we, I guess, got to know the most, um, I usually hate uncomfortable scenes, but this one was so fun to watch. Just the awkwardness of the parents, it, it just seems so genuine. Yeah. And the son just being so embarrassed and just trying to make light of it all, but still like really quiet and just acting his own strange himself. Mm-hmm. You just imagine if you were in um, the girl's shoes, she's just like, oh my God, like I, I never should have came. I'm going to dump him like the day he drops or the, whenever he drops me off. Like it was, it was terrible. Um, but the characters are what make it fun. And I think at the end, when we review all of this, we should have a Q&A session because I have a lot of questions to ask you. I have all the questions. Yeah, I, I can, I've, <laughs> as you can imagine, I've been reading. I've been doing a lot of mulling over. I have, I wrote words on paper and like drew lines. Like I, I, I took some time. This, this got to me in a, in a way that a movie hasn't gotten me this year. I almost did like write stuff down because yeah. there's. And if so I did much. watch it again, there's so much detail and so much symbolism. And I am curious, like, what the purpose of this was, or is this linked to that? Because there is a lot of this. And I'm second sure the second time around, Brendan, when you watched it, you saw yeah. even more things you did the first time. Yeah, second one. This is one where, like, I think this is a, this is, re- if you like it, you, first you have to like it. You have to get to the point where, like, you, you like what it's trying to do. But, and, I, and, and they make it pretty easy because 
on the characters, the performances are so good. Yeah. Because the four like people we are with the most are so good at being what they're being in at whatever scene it is, it makes it so much more even if you're not like me and want that self-indulgent, like, uh, like all heady, auteur-y kind of way of thinking about things, they make it easier for a person who doesn't like that to palette it. Um, and it's... So when you said the, the, young, the young woman's, like, the least change... Or doesn't change as much as, like, the other characters, the young woman changes to what... To, I think she changes quite a bit. She's yeah. changing. She does change a bit, but I guess she's more predictable. She changes I would prof- say. professions. Her yeah. her attitude seems to well, change. Yeah. But like her her attitude on the car ride up is her inner monologue is how the fuck do I get out of the situation? And then her responses to him are, you know, fairly polite, slightly playful. Then when we get to the dinner, she's a little more by the time we're at the dinner, she's like more extroverted. She's talking about her profession, how they met. And uh, she's showing the pictures, and she seems more, um, like, alive, almost idealistic, like the girl you bring home to your parents. And that's when we I get to... I think she was honestly just trying to attract, like, or make their par- his parents like them, or at least make the, the scene more inviting, since it was just so weird. I think she's just trying to make things normal. Less by, awkward, like, yeah. Kind of hyping things up. Well, this is when... I mean, by the end of the movie, I don't think she's our real main character. She, I think she's... Uh, She's a, I guess we can't really go much further without talking about the, what are what are the meanings of this. The most prevailing and popular one is that the whole this whole thing is happening inside the mind of either the janitor or an old dying Jake, and this is all Jake's pa- pacing, piecing together of a life that's real and wasn't real. The girlfriend's either an amalgamation of girls or how he imagined his girlfriend would be because he couldn't find a real person to connect with because he's so introverted and weird i think jake is the character who changes the least from scene to scene he's he's kind of always i think he's kind of always who he is the quiet awkward shy intelligent but but so like cripplingly introverted and uh, he and the way the real the, the book this is based off of ends is the and he took some liberties with it is the janitor is the old version of him in yeah. the book, and he imagined the whole thing, and yeah, so totally that's why that. the yeah that's why the parents changed ages, and that's why the girl doesn't just change professions, but she seems she she changes some personality types. I think our, our, our Jesse Buckley's so good at being the faux lead the whole time that we feel like her trapped in this nightmare world when really it's. We it's the it is a nightmare world, and she's not like a real person in the nightmare world. She's part. She's one of the like the apparitions in the nightmare world, and it's it's Jake's horrible nightmare that we're living in all the way to the, I, the final shot. To me, it seems like Jake changes more because I always thought like he was a nice, you know, sound guy during the car ride, but then on the car ride back, he seems like a loose cannon. So huh, interesting. I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't think there's a, there, there's certainly not only one way to take this all, but if we're, yeah, if we're doing characters still trying to stick with some sort of structure, it's hard to stick with a structure when the movie doesn't, uh, I, I will probably give the, the, the performances are like fives and I'll back it down to like a four. Cause I think some of the, um, some of the parent version parents are, are, are under, underserved. Uh, if I had to be like real critical, like 
the dying, the when she, they're old and dying and they have the Alzheimer's. I think that works better for another theme of the movie, which is the way I interpret it for the most part by the end. Um, but their, their material is thinner than the, than when they're at the dinner scene and our two leads have so much to chew on that they're, they're great the whole time. Uh, visual and sound. Um, it's back to you, Jess. Okay. You mentioned it felt claustrophobic. You felt like you were still wearing your mask. What do you think of visual sound? Jess? <laughs> uh, there, there is too many visuals in this. Like, again, I'd have to watch this again and write it all down. Um, but I think I'm going to give it a four or maybe even a four or five, just because there's so much symbolism in here. And I feel like it's escaping me just because, I need a fresh rewatch. Um, but I, I think my favorite scene, and which made me laugh the most, was when the mom served the ham dinner. Yeah. And she was like, oh, uh, this is for him to table, or I made this all by my own. And this was yeah. right after he told the story of, like, yeah, all our pigs died, be- died like because they were infested by maggots that were eating them on the inside out. <laughs> and her face was just like, ugh. That was great. Um, but, like... I really like the image of um, when he walked to the high school and he threw away the milkshakes and in the trash can mm. there was like hundreds and hundreds of milkshakes. <laughs> yep. um, <laughs> again, the dancing scene was probably my favorite just because I, I've always liked movies where there's dancing scenes, but the style <laughs> was just, it was so fluid and it was like, it was romantic, but it was so fun. And then you were in a classroom and they were, you know, slamming lockers, but still being eloquent about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it then it, it ended with a, a very symbolic scene that I'm probably going to talk about in the Q and a, because I, I want to know like what that represents or <laughs> who died or what really that was supposed to mean. But everything was great. Even like the, the makeup when the mom was, turned into, I don't know, this chipper mom and she had the really light blue eyeshadow and she was vacuuming. <laughs> yep. Um, there was just so, like, this is just things I'm thinking of and I knew from rewatch it there'd be so many. So the visuals were, oh, okay, the one that pissed me off the most, mm-hmm. pissed me off in a good way, was when uh, <laughs> on the drive there, the windshield wipers, just you heard them the entire time, the squeakiness of them. And yep. for, a, for a good amount of time, I thought the entire length of the movie was just them talking in the car. And I was going to have to listen to the windshield wipers for like two, two and a half hours or however long this movie is. Well, you're not far um, off. I mean, honestly. Yeah, they're only in the car for an hour and a half or maybe an hour ten. They're in the house for a good amount of time. On second rewatch, I yeah. realized how long they're actually in the house for. But when you like rethink this movie, you rethink the, like the visuals um so i'm gonna give that a strong rating and i'm just like just blobbing blabbering about things that i'm thinking of but there are also so many more so i'm just gonna stop there what do you what do you got okay this movie is a lot there's a lot of everything in this movie it's um it's it's like the dinner table when they first go in there's you know there's only four people there but it's like it's like the biggest ham dinner, Christmas dinner. It's got all of all of the sides and everything is like perfect and also gross at the same time. Yeah, it's it's so persnickety. It you know, you you think I'm going to hate this burn and I know you do because you know that I don't like self-serving pieces, but I yeah, don't you've been coming know. around. You've, you've I'm been, not coming. This is <laughs> this is not a coming around moment. This is more of a who the guy who did this knew what he was doing. Like 
I don't, I don't appreciate, I don't think I would appreciate it if it were, if it were other cast members playing this. And I don't think I would have, uh, appreciated it if it wasn't like a farm situation. It was like, sort of like, you know, short of going on, it is a, tr- I guess it is a road trip movie that is always right in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. I do like that. Uh, there was, <laughs> and that is the one thing about it that I really didn't like. And that got actually boring for me. And I don't usually get bored in movies. Um, I might fall asleep, but it's not from boredom. Um, is the second <laughs> car ride. <laughs> it's just from sleepiness. Honestly. Um, the second car ride is, too long i it loses me because i do get to the point where i'm like okay i've heard what you're saying and i get what you're trying to do with this and how smart it is and now i'm just bored with it and i need to oh thank god we finally got to the high school you know that kind of thing or we finally got to the tasty freeze or whatever the burr place is called um but everything is done in such a way and and the everything that you see and everything that you hear is I mean, it's, I hate to say it. It's so perfect. Um, (laughs) The only fault that I find is that the car scene is too long. And and even, I feel like that's on purpose and that maybe I'm supposed to get bored with it. I don't know. I don't want to fall into the trap that, you know, he fully got me a hundred percent on this. So I'm hoping that that's not the case. Um, the visuals, like Jess said, of seeing, you know, all of those tasty freeze things. And for me also, just the connections made when he talks about that I really like, you know, I don't really like, um, what do you call it? Musicals very much just, and then he goes to name like every musical that exists ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they do. And then, you know, to cap it off later on, we're going to remind you of that because we're going to do La La Land in the middle of the hallway of the high school and then we're going to end La La Land with a little bit of West Side Story. Somebody's going to get, you know, shanked by a jet or a shark. So um, I I appreciate that. And I know there's people, somebody watching this movie is going to know all of that and they're going to get it. And there's so many things to get. And I know there's a million things that I didn't get. Um, there are so many details that are magical. He's got in his room, he's got like this giant book by Pauline Kael, who I think is just, she's amazing. And I'm like, of course it is, because what other book would he have there? You know, she's a huge film critic and he mm-hmm. loves films. And oh. so, uh, I don't know. I, I'm giving it a four and a half. Yeah, this, uh, the, it's just rife with things. It's just for, and that's why the whole discussion is just loose and it's a, it's a stream of consciousness. Like it's, it's just like pure pure brain on screen flowing all over it's I, and it's you know the the references you, you said it like there's shit ton of oklahoma in here lots of oklahoma yeah. just some of the scenes are just line for line oklahoma lines they're they're saying back to each other uh we said the zemeckis thing what else uh tons of david foster wallace yeah um they have the whole woman under the influence john cassavetti's thing which is part of the part you you didn't care for as much but okay uh, the speech at the end is a beautiful mind. It's from a beautiful mind, like straight out of it. There's a bunch of other ones in here that I kind of half recognize, but didn't know. But those are the ones that like stuck out. Um, but the the I love the car, the way the car is. It's traveling, and every time we see the outside, we don't really see anything around it except the one time we see the swing set. But it's just like it's like endless, infinite like snow and just falling forward. The one time there's another time she looks out and she says something like, um, it's like, it's, it's really beautiful in like a dreary, horrible kind of way. I'm like, yeah, 
Exactly. It is it is really beautiful <laughs> in a dreary, horrible kind of way. It, that's, that's exactly how I feel. Um, I think the second car ride, and I felt it the first time, okay, and I think the only reason I, I, I would agree with you if you're just going to watch this one time, it's the part to cut or trim. Um, but I think because I like it so much and I want to see it again and I want to listen to every line and every scene and, like, really, like... Because everything's a reference to something, and I love references and stuff. So, like, I think I'm going to be grateful that there's more material to to sink into later on. So, I I, I agree with you in that if you're going to just watch this the one time and then kind of move on, like, yeah, it's it's a it's a dragging part of the movie, but uh, it's more to chew on for people who want to to revisit. Um, the house looks scary and creeping great. I love the dog shaking. The dog shaking always sticks out to me. <laughs> it's just always you, you can't picture its face right now because they won't show it. They only show the dog shaking and it's kind of like that. that's part of the horror-y thing. Um, the basement with the, all the janitor suits in the washing machine. Um, sound design's really good. Like you just said, the windshield wipers. You, you, you hate. You love to hate it kind of thing. Um, the the, the this is the, what's uh, what's the place called? The dessert place, uh, the Tulsi Town. Oh yeah, Tulsi Town. Yeah. I love that whole the whole way that scene looks. Where they get there and it looks like closed or abandoned, but we hear someone's in there, and it's the two blonde girls who we have seen earlier in the movie. They were in the school where the janitor works, and the other dark haired girl right. uh, who doesn't like the two blonde girls, uh, and she's just trying to help the like the young woman escape or something and the whole time Jake's standing off to the side because he feels that I don't they don't like me just like in the and it's so much to pick up on the beginning parts through the drive when we were flashing to the janitor we're seeing him like watch the stage play he loves the stage play well he doesn't but except for all those other ones he said and the one girl is on the stage playing looks at him and then it's like kind of like makes like a weird face and then keeps going and that's the girl who doesn't who's the dark-haired girl in the in the Freezy place. Mm-hmm. There's a scene in the drive where Jesse Plemons is reaching to to turn the radio on, and when we see his hand reach, it's an old man hand, and then it pulls back and it's back to Jesse Plemons. But all we see is the old man hand reaching. There's just a lot of good stuff in here that I'm sure, even if it doesn't all add up together to something, it all builds a feeling and a and it it that's going to go into the residence and feel time. It's residence and feel time, which I, I kind of want to just turn this into the Q and a I'll describe what happened at the end. And then you guys ask whatever you want. And then we'll give our final feel, I guess. Uh, when they get to the high school, when they get to the high school, the girl has a confrontation with the janitor. She has her final, a a final couple of character change moments where she just can't remember anything. And then she's talking about how she didn't like this guy. And then she talks about how she, the boyfriend thing and then she just they hug and she's like he's like all i see is you a lot of weird little line changing dialogue things um the dance scene happens it's not the two characters the two characters the two dance characters come out of the two other characters like from behind them then uh there's the whole dance scene into snow into a fight with the janitor the janitor stabs the the good looking version of jesse plemons the good looking <laughs> dancing version and he throws the red ribbons for blood i love all that uh and then it's the, he, he dies on the floor and then I can't remember the exact oh yeah then it's the cut to the janitor in the car and he's having flashbacks maybe but flashbacks to the movie we just saw and then his windshield turns into a cartoon and it's the Tulsa Town jingle <laughs> and then a dead pig with dripping dead maggots comes out and says gotta come with me and he follows it naked into the school and the dead pig the dying pig's telling him stuff and then 
uh, he's dead, he's dead or dying or something. Because the final scene, the final big scene is everyone's in really creepy old person makeup, and Jake Plemons does a speech and a song on stage, and everyone claps. <laughs> and then... oh, the least favorite part was when everyone was dressed up in that really. Ter- like tacky old people makeup. Yeah, clearly done on purpose because we see early in the movie they can do old people makeup like right. actually, and then the, and then in this weird. Oh sequence. yeah, that definitely was purposeful. But yeah. I just I thought that was the most boring and dumbest part of the movie was the last scene. Interesting. Well, then we do get one last shot, which is uh, it's the next morning or something. It's it's morning now, and there's a truck covered in snow. I presume the guy's in there dead, and that's the end of the movie. So then we get credits over that shot. Uh, question and answer time, I suppose, before we give numbers. Uh, Jess, you said you had questions. What, what do you got for me? I'll, I'll do my best. So I'm- I guess my, my most burning Q&A or question is, who are like the friends that keep calling the main character? Why are they calling, and why is the voicemail just some creepy nonsense? I thought maybe it's like the people that – she's mimicking being calling them being like hey stop trying to be me this isn't you because she keeps using their names and saying that it's herself but i don't know so my best interpretation off after two watches uh so subject to change uh but because of my theory of the whole thing is that she's a construct a construct in his mind she's she's either based on a real person or an amalgamation of people or someone she could be completely made up and is not very good at writing the character jake not charlie kaufman i think he's a good writer but jake the character creating this woman when the calls come in if you notice all the calls are the various names that she's given and depending on the call you'll hear yeah the creepy weird talking and i think all of that is a lot of that's usually a poet a poem from somewhere like i recognize one of them at one point from something i'd heard before but it's the i think it's a direction from the mind telling the character information on what to do or what to be coming up giving it some sort of information wow interesting that's that's my that's my interpretation as of two watches so um <laughs> that's part of the surrealist david lynch part that i like do you have any other one do you have any mama k any things you wanted to mention that were unclear on? Uh, I don't even know where to start, to be honest with you. I don't have uh, any idea what happened in this movie. Let me ask, because I'm curious what both of you think, after just one watch, not a whole lot of extra research in. Well, Jess, what do you think is, what is this movie about? What's, what, is the, what is the point? Uh, I don't know, because it starts off normal, so you think it's like this girl who just found this boyfriend, she's re- not really sure of the course of their relationship, she goes to meet his parents, and they're just weird as fuck. So that's, I think we all can agree, that's where the first part of, part of the movie goes. Um, that's what literally I don't, happens, I, yeah. That's, yeah, that's what literally happens, and I don't know, because they kept alluding to the old guy as a janitor, so you're thinking, okay, that's Jake and his future self, like... Um, and he's kind of like reminiscing on what happened or, or it just shows his future self in general because the two are going to link later. They don't necessarily link or maybe they do. Um, I don't, I don't know if it's even supposed to make sense. I think it was just stream of consciousness and stuff rattled together with a bunch of symbolism. I don't think there's a big answer of what it all really means. Yeah, but symbolism, yeah, I, I, yeah, I kind of agree with that. I just don't know what the symbolism is supposed to uh symbolize i don't know what the purpose of this is at all i 
I mean, I try to, because I want to put it into a narrative story, all I can think of is that it's like this, this one girl is forced to live all of these different uh, lives. Like maybe she's, I went to the, maybe he kidnapped her when she was really young and now she's lived all of these years with him. And as all these different people, cause these are the kind of people that like he, these are his, uh, I don't know. These are, these are the, the ideal people that he thinks of that are, you know, smart. A physicist is smart and that's somebody who he would want to be. And at the end he accepts, you know, the prize for being the best. And I don't know. It, it just, I, I try to make it make sense and it doesn't make it doesn't make sense at all. I mean, I don't know whether it's time being pushed through people or people pushing through time. That's what the what she says at one point. Oh, well. Yeah, I definitely think the attractive versions of themselves dancing is like what he wishes his life was like or yep. what he just daydreams that him and his girlfriend would be like at, at school or whatever. Yeah, but it's unnerving. I think that's a good way to a good way to put it though like it feels kind of like i think this is the like you can't it's 3 a.m you can't fall asleep and this is literally what goes through your brain for those two hours or not your brain but the this man's brain like as is you know as he's trying to you get something something along those kind of lines because you're, you're remembering stuff and you're not remembering it right and you're kind of mashing details together and it's kind of whatever and some things are crazy and then you drift into things that you wish happened and you drift into things you saw or the movie you finished like the Zemeckis part or the quotes and it's I think yeah it's, because it, it plays like that I imagine the scene where the restaurant scene where there was a waitress and then this guy comes in and they got in a fight and then he's like, oh, but I love you. I imagine that's something he watched on TV like the prior day and then he just daydreamed about it. And then at one point of the movie, he referenced the girl and was like, oh, you're a waitress. Like your shift is tomorrow. That's why we have to get back. Right. Right. But she her, you know, the thing about her character is that the, the pieces of her sort of devolved during this. Like she at the very end when when they're talking in the hallway and she's like that's not how the story happened at all she not doesn't say those words but it's no i was not interested in him at all and this was right. you know so it's very that's the part that's unnerving to me that makes me feel like there was something really sinister about what he did that it wasn't just all in his head you know oh no, I took so I took that, and the, not this isn't the only interpretation, but like this guy is so self-loathing and so introverted and in on himself and like unable to connect that even in his head he can't construct a good, a healthy or good relationship. That's why she's constantly changing. And by the end, when they're in the hallway, he's so destroyed in his own confidence. He's like, she never even liked me anyway. This is how she thought of me. She thought I was creepy and weird and did anything she could to just get away from me. She just said yes because it was easy and there was no other way to get out. He's justifying in all the ways in his head why why he's so terrible and, and she, how could she ever want him? It's such a hor- it's such a like, such a self pity to a crippling a point where he can't even, he can't even imagine a, a, a regular person being with him yeah well i mean basically it devolved into truth right 
I mean, well, the whole play thing at the end. He's like on stage. It's it's his whole imaginary fantasy. He's got a, he's on stage doing giving a vague award, giving a vague speech from a movie he heard, and everyone's clapping for him. And he's singing and he's talking about how he finally has a he's finally gonna have the woman and he's not gonna live in these fantasy worlds anymore. And then we cut to the car and he's dead because. <laughs> Because he did because it, it's fucking sad. Like it's, it's, it's he didn't do it. Of course he didn't. Like his final fantasy is I'm not gonna fantasize anymore. And it, it, yeah, that was your whole. It's a whole wasted a whole wasted life. Which I guess I'll, I'll give my final my final interpretation. Or okay, I guess I got two two more things. Uh, one uh, at one point she doesn't has an Oscar Wilde quote that I took down and it struck to me and even we we even did a little thing at the first beginning of this review uh and it's the the quote is most people are other people their thoughts are someone else's opinions their lives and mimicry their passions a quotation Mm -hmm. so what what did we say at the beginning jess what did you what did you think of me when i watched movies like this is a brennan movie it's (laughs) it's weird it has weird things going on that is in in that moment that is how you saw me and to and to me in your head that's 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 who i am and the how i see myself and magical yeah and and as i see myself it's not exactly like it's not like that at all and as i'm sure mama k sees me it does not it's not like that just as how i see both of you and everyone else it's my own version of you it's what i see of you it's what i can imagine you are behind the scenes but that's all i can do i don't know what you anyone really is no one no one does and that's why these constructs in the head are kind of ever shifting and moving through time because he, he only knows like we, we only are aware of the world around us as what we can interpret. We get, we don't really know. We, most people are other people. So that, I like, I like that thought. Um, <laughs> so this is so funny final- but before we, before we leave that piece, this is so funny because two things that I ascribe to, and you, I don't know that you know this about me at all, Brennan, but like I say to your dad all the time, just like out very randomly, I'll be like, you're another person. And he looks at me, you know, cause he's very literal and he's like, yep. And I'm like, yeah. no, you're actually <laughs> another person. Like you're not me. And he's like, nope. And I'm like, that's just crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. That and you wonder why me. I don't want him to be on this show. You can imagine him talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that would lend, I mean, I mean, it's not like most of nope. us don't linear think that way, but, um, and then the second thing is to ascribe to the theory that you are not your thoughts. So if you're not your thoughts, then other people are right. definitely not what your thoughts are. So fuck, I hate that you did this. I'm so mad at you. Wait, I got one more to end. <laughs> one more to end before we give our final scores or any, any lingering thoughts. Cause I think we kind of talked this good, this good feeling ending part to death. Um, at the very beginning, you said you guys couldn't remember the title, and uh, the title stuck it. with me. All, this, it's called. It's called. I'm thinking of ending things. She says it to herself the whole car ride up. Uh, and, I, was, I was almost there. <laughs> yours was very different. Uh, and the whole time, I'm like, I'm thinking of ending things. I'm thinking of ending things. Okay, so it's what she's literally saying. She's thinking of ending things. The relationship, you presume immediately. Then it's like, oh, everything's so horrible and depressing. It's all this death and stuff. Is I'm thinking of ending things a suicide thing and i'm like okay further we're getting there we're getting closer then i said it differently you know how when you emphasize different words it means different things so like i'm thinking of ending things so it's all about thinking of ending things then i said i'm thinking of ending things i'm thinking of things that are ending (laughs) i'm thinking of my parents 
losing their mind and dying and the dead pigs and the dead sheep and the woman leaving me that's a dying relationship and the and the, the stabbing in the in the musical and he dies in a car at the end and he follows the rotting pig and the rotting pig's telling him he's just a rotting maggot pig because he's got such a low self-esteem he's his final moments are this crazy stream of consciousness where he's thinking of things ending it, that, so i i like that interpretation of the title it's it's not I'm thinking about ending this relationship it's I'm the only thing I'm thinking about right now is things ending wow I like that I didn't I really didn't think twice about the title but I liked your interpretation of that yeah I know it's pretentious but I I, I do this is (laughs) I'm glad we did a a movie where I could just kind of stream it out feel it out I'm glad you guys uh, at least I don't know if enjoyed the full thing but got some stuff out of it Uh, you guys have anything to add before we kind of close i don't know i don't even know what to give residents feel it's like a, it's obviously a five for me because i i put this much thought into it but you guys have anything else before we end out yeah no i'd probably give it a four because again after i watched this i was like there's stuff i should have just written down so obviously you're you're th- and you can have you can watch this with friends and have your own interpretation of what it meant or i'm sure there's a group of people that are just like what the fuck did i watch and not even think <laughs> twice about it and just think that it was a load of trash yeah i think that's a perfectly uh, that's a perfectly common uh, thing to to do. That's that's I, I understand. This is not for everyone. <laughs> okay. Uh, my resonance and feel is that I'm glad that this is a Netflix film because theatrically, I have you don't want to waste your money sitting in the theater. No, I just don't know. I mean, I think when it <laughs> when we get to the next part of wrecking this movie, I I I don't know that I could send anybody to pay for this. Like I. I, you know what? I'm I'm refusing to give a number on resonance and feel because I don't know. I'm I'm a little I'm unnerved. <laughs> well, we are at the end here. Jess, are you going to recommend? I'm thinking of ending things. It's hard because I started off saying like it's a good not Jess movie, and I still think that. Um, I think I've said before like this is a good bad movie or something <laughs> something like yeah. that. You said that before um, on movies. That you, we we have different definitions of what a good bad movie is, but that's you know again. Still but yeah, you this see is it's, it's a good not Jess movie, and I think I'm going to stick to that. It's hard because I'd recommend it, but like you have to be the person that would watch this, and I think ninety percent of the people probably aren't. It's it's a very like it's the artistic triangle like at the very top of the people that really appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I do recommend it to those. But if you're just talking on the street to someone and say, "Hey, watch this Netflix film," this would not be the one that I that would come out of my mouth. That is perfectly fair. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, Jess and I might be the same person tonight. I mean, I feel exactly the same way. Like if, if well, most people are other people. Oh God! Don't even. Say that. <laughs> I cue like the I, the, the flying pig. <laughs> yeah. The rotting I, flying pig. I'm yeah. thinking that Jess and I are the same person. I'm thinking that Jess and I. I'm thinking that Jess. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I am gonna. I, I'm gonna give this film a recommendation because I think it's it's something interesting to watch. It's to get you out of whatever, you know, comfort zone for sure. Yeah. Out of your comfort zone. And also just, you know, don't watch this. If you want to be all cozy and like curl, curl up with a nice, uh, a nice quick watch before bed. Right. Just because it's on Netflix. Don't let it it fool you. You know, the, it's not going to be a Netflix and chill situation. It's going to, you know, this is not going to work for you. Um, 
but yeah, it's, and I think it's, it would be a fun movie actually to watch with other people where you can have this discussion afterwards because, um, it's just a lot to unpack and I don't think that there's a right answer. And sometimes I think that's okay. And sometimes if you get to the point where you don't even have to ask the question, then it's even better. Yeah, I uh, I would recommend this pretty pretty wholeheartedly. Of course, um, I'd recommend it to anyone who likes stuff like I do. If you if you're the person on the show who listens and hears my thing, and they tend to agree with that, then yeah, this is for you. And uh, if you, I would recommend this to people who I know wouldn't like it, just to make them watch it <laughs> because I I, I I'm per- <laughs> I, it's I think kind of me, did. but like, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, but I didn't I didn't I mostly did it because it was new and it was a 2020 movie and I knew people it would be talked about. I, I you know, if this were if this were something from 10 years ago, I wouldn't have dug it up and forced it upon you. I this is this is solely because yeah. it's new and it's on Netflix and it's being pushed on people, so it's going to be around. Um, yeah, but but I would personally in my personal life tell anyone to watch this and then gauge my then change my perception of them based on their reaction to it because uh, because that's that's what what you do um so it's it's i guess it's two recommends and one not quite like not a recommend for for a just person uh for for <laughs> uh for i'm thinking of ending things so that is it for that one uh we're gonna stick with 2020 movies the best we can um as of and i think we're gonna do a pixar related thing since our tournament's now done um, I don't know if we're going to do a full review of the movie or I don't know exactly what we're going to do yet, but I think we might do some sort of retrospective. In the meantime, if you want to reach out to us and recommend things, Films with the Women of My Life on Facebook, you can reach out on Instagram. I am Brennan underscore pod host on Twitter at Films Women Pod, and you can email the show Films with the Women at gmail.com. And we have a YouTube channel now, Films with the Women in My Life. Um,. Is that everything? That's all the housekeeping. All right. Thank you guys for being on for this experience. Yeah. Let's end things now. <laughs> yeah. Let's end things now. Until next time, this is Brennan signing out. Thanks for listening and enjoy your movies. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore pod host, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies. Thank <laughs> you.